This is Robinson, you're trying to seduce me. Here's Johnny. Oh, wait, what do you want? You want? Hey, motherfucker. You never go ask them out. Now what is so damn funny? And here we go. We will not go quietly into the night. We will not vanish without a fight. Force will be with you. Always. But the truth! You can't handle the truth! What is up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the For Real Movie Club. I am your host, Chris the Dace Man Dace, and tonight we will be talking about Halloween horror films and the icons that have shaped horror in general. Joining me on the panel from the Dace Man Show, usually around the corner, and the guy I make fun of a lot, Gibby. I'm not here. <laughs> so disturbing. Also joining us from the Dace Man Show... Frank Ward. Hi. Who is not him I here? Can't. Oh, him. What? Kick what? him out. <laughs> we don't need him. From Fanboys Anonymous. So much better. Caroline, I'm going to probably butcher this. Oliveira. <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> oh, sweet. Hi, everybody. So tonight. You had a chance. Yeah, tonight we're going to talk about horror movies and the icons that have really shaped the business as is. And the first movie we're going to kick off of uh, with is really the first of its kind for the slasher horror films. It's from 1978 and is the American independent slasher horror film directed and scored by John Carpenter. It's also co-written and produced by Deborah Hill and starred Donald Pleasance and Jamie Lee Curtis in her film debut. The film was the first installment in which became the Halloween franchise. The plot is set in the fictional Midwestern town of Haddonfield, Illinois. I like to think it's New Jersey. On Halloween night in 1963, a six-year-old Mike Myers murders his older sister by stabbing her with a kitchen knife. Fifteen years later, he escapes from a psychiatric hospital, returns home, and stalks teenager Laurie Strode and her friends. Michael's psychiatrist, Dr. Sam Lewis, the man, suspects Michael's intentions and follows him to Haddonfield to try and prevent him from killing more people. So, as always, when we talk about each film, we're going to go around the table and get your initial thoughts and how you feel about Halloween from 1978. I'd like to throw in there that if Sean Walker's listening, or he is listen, he did listen, um, he couldn't get through the first 30 minutes because he thought it was an awful turd. Gibby, <laughs> what were your thoughts on Halloween, a 1978 film? I personally hate the Halloween franchise. It's the passion, to be honest. Were you disappointed it wasn't Shrek? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, I, I just, I don't know. It, it just seemed to be a weird concept to me. Um, Murder? For, well, no, it's just not. So when did it cut me off? Uh, cut you off when you were bashing the uh, film. Welcome back. We're sorry for that. Gibby's opinion apparently does not matter to the internet. Um, Gibby, you were saying that the film was fantastic? I hate this film. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I, I just don't like the premises where he's, he's always killing basically kids or teenagers who are babysitting. But isn't that like all slasher movies, though? No, not really. <laughs> like, just look at all the 
other ones we have on the list, there's there's nothing about, you know, babysitting here. And Wait, you that's know, your problem with the film? Theater. Yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> it it just seems weird to me. Like I, I don't I have issues with all of them that have like there's a couple of them out there nowadays that always with like babysitters and stuff. Oh my god, he's in the house, blah blah blah. And it's just so stupid on how it's like uh what's called um scary movie makes fucking fun of it all the time because oh my god it broke my leg like it's it's kind of weird i i just never really got into it i don't know because you hate babysitters that's what i'm gathering yeah he has a problem with babysitters exactly what right happened? Mm-hmm. what happened to you were you yeah were you touched by uh, a, a babysitter when you were younger <laughs> I was We all know that this is going to be the film that will probably make fun of Gibby for the most. I feel like he relates probably to the pedophile that we'll be talking about later on. Uh, <laughs> uh, Carolyn, what was your first impressions on this cult classic that Gibby hates? Well, um, just throwing out there, it's definitely not my favorite. Uh, of the slasher movies, but I don't hate it. I think it's a little slow in the beginning, but I think that, um, one, it's a horror movie, so I'm very biased. I love all horror movies, even the very crappy ones, like Jesus Christ, The Vampire's Layer, I watched that one. Um, it, I mean, it's okay. I think that they just wanted something to throw it out there uh, that could compete uh, with other, you know, like the, te- the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, things like that, where somebody wearing a mask is hunting everybody around, killing babysitters, <laughs> chasing babysitters. It's not my favorite, but I think that, yes, it does have cheesy parts where, you know, somebody falls and the killer is right behind them, but I think that it contributed for uh, the horror genre. I mean, that cheesiness about it. That's what it is. It, it wasn't. I don't think it was meant to be a serious horror movie. It was just meant to be something you go watch in the movie theater and eat popcorn and you know just enjoy. Even though I kind of fell asleep in the first five minutes, but yeah. It's true. It, it, it's really one of the first of its kind when it comes to a man who can't be taken down just murdering as many people as possible. Um, okay, Frank has dropped off the call. issues here, don't we? Right? I'm trying to get into the studio. Dog Talk decides to be stupid again. Um, so while Frank is gone, we'll do some facts about the movie. Uh, like I said earlier, it was written by John Carpenter and co-written by Deborah Hill. And again, it stars Donald Pleasance, uh, who is the man, as Dr. Loomis, and it was later, that role was later reprised by Malcolm McDowell uh, in the Rob Zombie fil- uh, films. And Jamie Lee Curtis played the star uh, woman that she wanted to kill, uh, that Michael wanted to kill. Uh, P.J. Souls also had a role in this movie. Many of you may remember her from the movie Stripes and stuff like that. Uh, it was distributed by Compass International Pictures, um, as well as Warner Brothers Pictures internationally. The release date was October 25, 1978, just days before Halloween. The runtime in its original cut was 87 minutes and 101 minutes in the extended cut. The country was released in with the U.S., the language of English. The budget was only $300,000, and the box office was $70 million. So, Gibby, they did something right. I, I mean, I, it's a cough <laughs> classic. I'll admit that one. 
But like, they love it a lot with like all cult classics. You're either gonna love it or you're gonna hate it. Mm-hmm. There's no real middle ground with those type of movies. Yeah. So Frank, uh, th- welcome back. Um, Hi. What was your first impression of the 1978 Halloween film? Well, I'm I'm kind of in the middle. I I didn't really didn't really love it. Didn't really hate it. Not to mention I was probably like nine when I saw it the first time. <laughs> so it seemed to be the scariest thing ever in the world. Yeah. Um. Though I I personally I like it was Mike, that scary when I first saw it. I like Mike Myers and uh, and Austin Powers better. Is that a different guy? He's <laughs> close. I think it was the guy who plays Wayne, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh like my that. god. <laughs> no. Um. For what it, for what it was, and for the fact that it was you know made in the seventies, I I don't know what more you could really expect since we've yeah. got so much farther in technology. So you have to respect it for what it is, but it's not my go-to horror movie. Yeah, if you think about it, we are part of the spoiled age when it comes to films. Um, now our comic book characters are coming to life, and when slashers are getting very more creative because there's really crazy people out there. Uh, this one was very brute. I'm just going to pick you up, beat you, smash. Kind of like the Hulk. I'm going to slow wall as you sprint across the field, but I'll catch you. Don't worry. They're, they're huge. They're athletic. Uh, mm-hmm. When it comes to this film, and you kind of touched base on it a little bit, Frank, so I'm going to ask you this question. One of the most iconic things in most of these films, actually, all of these films that we're going to talk about tonight, is the horror icon uh, somehow moves in slow motion, and the world around it is trying to move as fast as it can. Do you think that hurts or adds to a film when they talk to you about, hey, uh, let's just see if... Not communicate. Hey, I'm back again. Uh, the question was pretty long and winded when I was giving it, so I'm just going to short it up. Frank, what's your opinion on the killers walking slow and the people running fast? Well, I, I think it was probably meant to add into it. Like, you just can't get away. And have you ever had that fucked up nightmare where something's chasing you and you can't run away or scream or anything? Like, no, sure. just me. It's just no, that's that's cool. It might be just you wouldn't understand. Yeah, porn you eat. Yeah, <laughs> the corn, which we're not talking what? about. Uh, yeah, that was a great movie. <laughs> I'm sorry, Gibby. I, I, I think at the time it it made sense and it added to it. Is where I'm going with that. Yeah, be afraid. You can't run. He'll find you. Stab you in the back. Gibby, how thrilled were you with that kind of? Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> hmm? Gibby, how how what? thrilled were you when it came okay. to? Uh, he was thrilled. Uh, I find it kind of uh, odd. Uh, yeah, okay. of... What? <laughs> what? <laughs> I have no idea. Anyway, I find it kind of odd, um, kind of to make it seem unrealistic in certain aspects. Uh, I know they do it to add suspense and some stuff, but like they kind of like over, like made it really corny to a certain extent. And I think we're slowly getting out of that phase when it comes to at least the newer genres um, for slashers. Not as, like, thick as, like, mm. That's always a good thing. And I didn't mind it uh, as much in, like, the, the very first one. But they really didn't uh, over-exaggerate as much as the uh, later ones did. So, I think they... Uh, but they're fixing their ways. Let's put it that way. Okay, Carol, what was your opinion on this slow-moving, catch-up-to-them-really-fast mentality? Um, 
I agree with what everybody said. I think that it's, I mean, okay, if you had a killer that is just running around frantic, like Leatherface. Yes, Leatherface was really scary, but he ran a lot. He has his chainsaw in the air. Uh, Mike Myers is more like he's the cool, like, collected, like, psychopath that will get to you no matter what. So there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, and totally, I agree 100% with that nightmare that everybody has had, at least once in their life, where you try to run away, but you either can move or whatever is after you. It's moving way faster, even though it doesn't look like it. And you, it's just, it's scary. It's, it's almost as if you have no control of the situation. And I think that losing control of anything is one of the biggest fears that we have um, as a society. Like, nobody not in control of, you know, their lives, their survival. And Mike Myers, by moving really slowly, he's like a big nightmare for that year. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that's one thing that uh, th- these movies like to entail is to try to get into the helpless situation that you're you're in the seat of the victim as you're watching. Um, one thing that I enjoyed about these older movies, and we're going to start with you on this one, uh, Frank, because I like to pick on you. Oh, you weren't even looking. That's hurtful. You look pretty. Yeah. Um, the concept, the, the way they shoot it, we had this discussion when you were out in Jersey this past weekend. The way they shoot these films, you, no, this was one of your sober days. Um, this is where uh, when they kill people in the scenes, you don't really see the killing a lot oh, of the deaths. Yeah. So... Do you think that hurts or takes away from the film? Or does it add to the film that we have to apply our imagination? Yes. Well, for one, it was probably a lot lot easier to fake stabbing somebody that way and have blood gush everywhere, spray them in the face, cover the children type deal than it is nowadays to fake it, if that makes sense. Like with special effects and stuff that we have now, it was easier to do, but I'm assuming probably back then that was the easiest, cheapest, best way to go about it. Yeah, it's so, at a budget know. of 300000 we couldn't even make a, a lot TV of show. Yeah. I think. It, well, I don't know. Uh, I'm sticking with... I'm sticking with... It was probably... Of, hey, how are we going to make... This is but for you as a viewer as you're watching this, because this seems to be a movie that kind of puts people in a middle ground way of your baby. How do you feel about it? Where do you feel gypped? Do you feel that there should have been more holes in that person? But again, you're th- thinking like if you're watching this in 1978, probably mm-hmm. not. Now, yes. Mm-hmm. So we're part of that. So I'm like, going on two different sides here. Uh, I'm respect for how old it is versus what I want to see. As that makes sense. Stuff. But Carolyn, do you think it hurts or helps that the the death scenes are kind of ambiguous when it comes to killing? Uh, uh, I think that it helps to a certain love. I love to wood and have scenes in movies. So I'm cool with the view of the death. Like we don't know what happened. We just see the after effects of it. But... Every now and then, like not all the time, give us some crazy gut wrenching moments where you just want to 
get grossed out about it. And maybe that's why Halloween's not one of my favorites. I, mm, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, I would rather see more stuff. Gibby, finally, you're the one who's kind of uh, movie. Does it hurt? Is this why you don't like the movie when it comes to the death scenes, that they're not gory enough, that you're spoiled and you'd rather have graphics and CGI cutting people? <laughs> no, I mean, I, I I actually like it better when it doesn't uh, show you as much, um, per se, as a newer movie. Um, as long as you get to the, at least see the after effect, basically. But, I mean, actually having, like, the entire scene of him basically beating the crap out of somebody, I think, is... Uh, I think your imagination uh, makes it seem a lot worse than if they actually showed it to you in the movie, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. Well, you're a so, so, yes. So, that, that, that to me would be... Uh, I, I actually prefer it the way they did it, where it's kind of not as kind of into where it's almost like looking at him and him beating the crowd him and blood just going places and GG then it cuts back to the dead Wait, person on the ground did you just use gamer code for good going or good game good game, good game. <laughs> so <laughs> that's that's the reference uh, um, even if you think about it a lot of the earlier movies had it that way solely because of it's a lot harder to reenact that and make it look real. So a lot of the earlier movies would basically cut to the, I guess the victim's eyes uh, of them basically getting murdered uh, and then cut back to like a third person showing the aftermath, which I thought was a lot... I, I personally like that more than the crazy stuff that they do nowadays, personally. Fair enough. Uh, Gibby, I'm going to retort to, or give you another question from going from here. Uh, Halloween spawned seven sequels. Oh, don't seven. Seven. And two, seven. two remakes by Rob mm-hmm. Zombie. Mm-hmm. Being a man in, that did not like the 1978 version because you're a terrorist. Um, yep. Do you feel that it should not have gone any further, or did you feel that when it got in its groove and started moving into the franchise sequels and such, do you think it helped it? Uh, Buster Rhymes in 2002 did not uh, do it for me, but just kind of curious on what your opinion are of the franchise as a whole. So, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you. I mean, I watched the first one. Uh, I didn't really like it that much. Then I actually watched the second one, mm-hmm. and that's pretty much when I gave up on that, John, on that uh, movie franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I watched the the remake by Rob Zombie. Yes. Um, I thought it was okay. I, I didn't think it was great per se. I know a lot of people liked it, but it for some reason just the whole concept of this. I, I don't know exactly what it is, but something about it I just don't really that much. There wasn't too many babies uh, in the Rob Zombie one. If that was yeah, it. that was. Um, because he was mostly going after his family in that one, mm-hmm. um, which is also how the first one started in the original. Because he pretty much killed his—I believe he killed his sister first, then at Saint Asylum, and then came back out, and then he started killing all the people. Um, whereas in the 
the Rob Zombie one, it was just pretty much revolving around his family. And I won't even lie, I've never even seen the second Rob Zombie one because no. the first one intrigued me. <laughs> Uh, there, there was definitely a lot more backstory in the first Rob Zombie remake. Yeah. Um, Carolyn, what were your thoughts on this taking off as a franchise? Well, <laughs> well I was just going to uh, say exactly uh, how the backstory was more evident in the first remake of uh, Rob Zombie's remake. Um, I don't know. Like, I kind of watched movies you know you know when you're like really not really watching it's on in the background and you're doing something else so to me it didn't really help like i don't really care <laughs> for the remakes um the only thing that i kind of liked about the rob zombie ones was was the background story but at the same time that was like really me trying to find something that i enjoyed because sometimes if you show too much of the backstory kind of makes a character not that interesting anymore because you can't really imagine what happened to him. But that was like my least um, favorite part of that movie. Um, but the other Halloween is kind of like, eh, I mean, maybe if I'm like uh, rearranging my bookcase and there's nothing else to watch, I might watch it, but I don't really care <laughs> for it. Mm-hmm. Frank, what, what was your opinion on the franchise as a whole. Uh, to be com- Did we just die? Uh, he's probably eating. He's good at that. Yes. <laughs> no, I'm not eating. I already ate. Um, I'm always dead. Right. I, I don't have much of an opinion on it, to be fully honest. Like, it was just one of those things where if it was on TV, I caught it. If it wasn't, I didn't. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of useless right now. Perfect. Well, uh, thank you. (laughs) Halloween three obviously had nothing to do with Michael Myers whatsoever when it comes to the uh, expansion of the franchise. And to me, at least get that far. Don't worry. It's about some kind of mask that eats away at people's heads. Did not get that far. To me, Halloween four and five were my favorites when it came to it. Um, because it kind of introduced, it reintroduced Mike after a terrible idea of doing Halloween 3. And then it was also around the time I was born. So I had ideas of this is the way I'm going to go. When it comes to this movie, and just one last touch point before we go on to the next one, Gibby on a scale... Can you guys hear that? Yes. Yeah, there's a right next to me. Apparently, the train ran into me destroying the computer, and I apologize. Uh, but now we're back, and the last question <laughs> we're going to wrap up with the Halloween franchise is, what is the low point, high point of the movie? And, or a low point, high point of the franchise, because we'll just go overall. And 1 to 10, what would you uh, rank this film? So we'll start with you, Senor Gibb. All right. Um, I... Let's see here. I would say... Do you want me to get the rating first, or how do you, do you like a specific format on this, or no? Go nuts. <laughs> all right. Um, so, I personally didn't enjoy the movie at all. I, I think my biggest issue was it was kind of a odd setup. Um, I know it was like a one of the original slashers, but it, I don't know. I, I had issues with 
the way he was killing things and his selection of choice, I guess you would say. It was kind of just seemed like it was haphazardly put together to a certain extent. Um, and that's where I guess the best thing that happened to it. Um, I really don't have a best thing because I really don't like it is my problem. I figured your best um, thing would be about the babysitters that kids yeah, I, I, was gonna say, I was waiting for the babysitter. <laughs> well, I mean, that's I, I kind of what, what I was just saying. Like the whole, like what he was killing, like that was, that's what he's trying to kill his babysitters, which I find weird. Oh, I, I don't listen to you. Sorry. No, I, I know. <laughs> I did notice that. Um, so <laughs> that would be my biggest issue. And there's no real good points to it in my experience. The only good thing I would say about it is it did start a great genre. Like, it's a very great genre it started. Because um, it's pretty much catapulted all the slasher movies. Uh, so they did take a big risk in trying to do this, basically. Uh, so I guess that would be a good thing for it. Um, and as for score, I mean, I, I would probably give it either, like, a, probably about a four. Um, four? Yeah. You're a terrible person. Uh, the only reason it's that high is just because I know it's a cult <laughs> classic. <laughs> and I know I don't personally like it, but I know a lot of people out there like it. So that's why it's getting a four. I'm, I, that's very generous of you to not even give it a 50%. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, Frank, what was your high point, low point? And what would you rate the movie? Um, high point is he killed people. <laughs> I was a big fan of that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, th- I have a feeling you're going to like the next three films. <laughs> oh, do they do they also have something to do with killing? I think Child's Play is about redemption, but we'll find out. And uh, low point... Um, not enough boobs. <laughs> <laughs> so he's gonna uh, like fry it in his teeth. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, you've got a you got a hell of a ride coming up soon, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think as far as rating goes, I, I would settle on a six point three seven two four. Wow. <laughs> really specific there, uh, Carolyn. What was your high point, low point on the film? And what would you give it a rating, 1 to 10? Uh, okay. Um, low, low point, I think that the Mike, Michael Myers character should have been a little bit more developed. I think that if they gave him a little bit more depth, um, it would have made up so much for all the reasons people normally don't like the movie or are a little iffy about it. Um, high point? I think the fact that there's like somewhat small movie, the first one, and ended up creating a bunch of other sequels and two remakes, and it's still relevant today, I think that's pretty awesome. And I think that alone makes it up for its shortcomings <laughs> in um, Halloween 3. Um, I think I'll give you like, maybe like a six. Uh, six and a half. Let's say six and a half. Uh, and I always really take points because I feel like my, Michael Myers has a lot of potential to be a really, really awesome villain, and um, it kind of fell short. Fair enough. 
So I want to change my answer to whatever she said. You're not allowed to sound smart, Frank. You're playing the mediocre role here with your point three two fours or whatever you were giving. <laughs> so that, ladies and gentlemen, wraps up. Great. That, ladies and gentlemen, wraps up the Halloween franchise here on the Four Real Movie Club. If you're listening live, hang on to your butts. We're going to go into the next one. If you're listening on the archive session, uh, we're going to go go ahead and click the little link to the next video or whatever Tony sets up. Um, as we move from babysitters to camp counselors, as we move into Friday the 13th, part two. This film, first and foremost, before we get rolling on this film, I want to make it clear as to why we're not doing the original Friday the 13th, and it's because we're doing slasher icons, and Jason was not the killer in the first movie. Uh, That was his crazy-ass mom that created Jason. So Mm -hmm. She wasn't that crazy. uh, Just a little bit. What about my boy? (laughs) She was a creepy mother. She was a creepy mom. But the sweater, that's what Damn kids and they're making love. Not if you weren't baby swim. <laughs> out on the cabin deck making love, my boy wouldn't have drowned. Just ignore the fact that I'm a horrible mother that's sending the camp anyway. Kids are going to make fun of a deformed freak. Aww, she was trying her best. She wanted to give him a chance. She's a terrible mom. She's a terrible mom. Uh, Friday the 13th Part 2 is a 1981 American horror film directed by Steve Miner. Uh, it is the second installment of the Friday the 13th franchise and is directed a direct sequel from the Friday the 13th that aired in 1980. So one year later, they ran with a sequel. Uh, it picks up five years after the film's conclusion where a new murderer stalks uh, camp counselors at a nearby training camp. Uh, the film marks the first time Jason Voorhees is the antagonist. Like I said before, his mother was the killer in the previous film. Uh, statistically, or, yeah, that's the word. Friday the 13th Part 2 reproduces certain key elements that made the original Friday the 13th a sleeper hit in 1980, such as first-person camera perspectives, gory stalk and slash scenes, and campground settings. Although it did not reach... Uh, the original box office success as the first one, the sequel was a financial success overall, grossing $21.7 million in the U.S. on a budget of just $1.05 million. As always, when it comes to these films, we'll start with you on this one, Frank, because I like picking on you. What are we talking about? Well, <laughs> we're talking about uh, Sesame Street and the episode where Jason... We're talking about Friday the 13th Part 2. What was your initial thought on the movie? <laughs> You couldn't just go with anything. Um, about Sesame Street, but I don't think anyone's going to listen. Now, wow, they don't have a choice. They're locked in now. Mm. Uh, initial thoughts, again, one of those that I saw really and didn't really know what was going on. I probably shouldn't have been watching that anyway. <laughs> but I, uh, it was, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to form actual, a real thought. I know it's hard for you because you're out in Iowa. Ah, uh, yeah. Thinking's not our strong suit. And I have the first one stuck in my head because we're talking about it, too. I think I've seen that one more, oddly enough. But it's cool that he came back to get some revenge on uh, whores, basically, that sleep around a bunch. That seemed to be it. If you had sex in this movie, you died. And so, <laughs> Yeah, it's a winner in my book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kind of seemed to be how the rule went. 
Uh, Carolyn, what, cool. what was your initial Thank you thought? For on. You're welcome. I, I, you you were flailing miserably. Yeah, you were flailing like Jason was in the lake, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> See what I did there? I linked the two. Uh, Carolyn, what was your original thought, or what was your first impression of Friday the 13th Part 2? Uh, I love that movie. I love the Part 1, too, even though we're not talking about it. Um, and like I said on our podcast, as some boys and all of us, I think that Jason is just very misunderstood. Like, he was bullied, he had a really hard life, and then he died because two pick counselors weren't doing their job and was making out. So I feel like he's kind of like... I feel bad for him. Like, I get it why he would kill people. Like, <laughs> You're justifying his murders? I understand you, boo. <coughs> oh, I got disconnected again, didn't I? Did, did you? I was saying reconnected to the server. Dramatic life, you kind of really live it. And just like you guys said, like, everybody who's hooking up in this movie dies. Yeah, because that's what causes death. So he goes on and he's trying to punish people. They're doing that. Maybe in his head he's trying to make things right. If he kills those people, he might be alive again. Um, So I think that even though he doesn't talk and he's just like a boot wearing a mask and carrying a machete around, I think he's just like, I don't know, I just feel like I just want to hug him. Like, I like him a lot. <laughs> um, and I also think that um, the deaths of the movie are pretty epic. Like, it's really, really fun to try to guess, like, how that character is going to die. Again. Uh, it's, just, it's cool. I like it. <laughs> uh, Gibby, what was your uh, first impression of Friday the 13th Part 2? Please note that there were no babysitters in this, though the, technically they should have been watching. Oh, well, we, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I actually like the whole premise behind it. Um, so basically, it's all revolving Hold on. around time out. What? Hold on. Yes. You like the premise behind Friday the Thirteenth Part Two, but not Halloween. Yes. Because if you think about it, it's it's a ploy on revenge. So basically, her mom uh, thought that he died and he didn't die. So then, then she becomes Jason, and then she dies in the end of the first one. And then that spirals him to become Jason and then go on mass killing spree. And it all revolves around Lake, uh, whatever, I forget what the heck that town, the, the, the thing is. But it all revolves around basically that, um, that camp, uh, I think it's Camp, was it Camp Crystal or something? And so he, basically everything revolves around that. And if you actually look into it, there's a lot of, um, Especially if you go through all of the, uh, at least the original ones, uh, they started getting crazy when you know they started putting them in space and shit. But it's actually quite interesting how it always winds up um, him with the lake. That's what basically has to quote unquote kill him, pretty much in every one. And yet um, everything he is revolved around is basically the camp, uh, the camp, the counselors, and basically failing him as a child and failing his mother. So I it's a very interesting thought, point you have. I actually <laughs> thought that one was actually quite... Um, the story behind that was a lot more clear compared to Halloween. Because basically Halloween is just, oh my god, it's a crazy kid. He's going off the deep end, blah, blah, blah. Whereas uh, Friday the 13th, there actually is a reason behind how 
the originals worked. I mean, the originals when they stayed around the camp. Um, but they have like a bazillion of these now, and they've become to get kind of crazy. And they're almost using him more as an iconic character, more so than actually telling a story behind it. Um, so I actually really, really enjoyed the original Friday the 13th. And I, I very much appreciated how they were all intertwined and linked together. And basically how this character came to be known as basically almost like a devil-type character who basically can't die but can only go into like slumber sleeps at the the bottom of the lake. Um, but even I in like the newer it. ones, even in the newer ones, like when he's in space and stuff, if if you didn't realize he lands when he dies, oh. quote unquote, he lands in the goddamn lake. <laughs> so they're they're still trying to bring when he it was back in space. In. Yeah, when he was in space, that was the best one ever, hands down. Oh my! Oh my God! Jason X was amazing. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. I'm off this. Jason X was my favorite movie. That is probably one of the worst Sorry. ones, by far. You're one of the worst people on this panel. Sorry, <laughs> sure, sure. to say bias. But uh, uh, before we roll into, oh, go ahead. Sorry, but um, but, <laughs> I I enjoyed the originals a lot. Um, I've probably watched the originals multiple times. Um, the only other one that I've watched more is actually on this list, Mister Freddy. <laughs> But I love the I love this uh this this character that they basically developed and created. I'm done. And I think I'm the only one here now. <laughs> oh guys. You gotta love Jason. Jason is the best. The best. We can we can just switch cues here and go into much 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 better genres, but I'll stick with it. I'll stick with it. Um, as you can tell, people, we're having major technical difficulties. Mister uh, Dace Man over there is in Canada. Can't keep a stable internet connection. Save his life. But we'll see what happens. But for me personally, I enjoyed this movie. I enjoyed this movie a lot. Um, I enjoyed them as the sequels, but not as much in the later, as I've been saying. So, we're going to go with that. And hopefully Dace calls back in sometime soon. (laughs) It's my candy bar. (laughs) Come on. So, yeah. How about Freddy? <laughs> oh, come on. So, we're uh, apparently still having technical difficulties. <laughs> uh, yes. I'm doing the For Real Movie Club. Of course. Gimme. Okay. I made it. I'm here. What are we talking about? Yeah. (laughs) What happened to Daisy? He just died, didn't he? 
Well, I, ju- I did what you told me to do, so I got into the studio, or in that way. All so right. what are we talking so, about? What's going on? Friday the 13th? Good stuff? About Friday the 13th. You might as well give your opinions on it, because I was going on for an extended time about mine. <laughs> you had a lot of opinions. Well, Good I like... I. I actually like the genre. Like I said, like I feel like as a whole, well, the earlier ones as a whole was actually a much better, well thought out, put together concept than the stupid Halloween franchise. Which I think that it, to me, it's more just slapped together. But enough guess, about Frank. Go to so, you. so that they had an actual storyline. There was a reason for why they, he was a killer other than just crazy, seeking revenge on dirty little teens. Kind of deal. Is that what you mean? Mhm. Exactly. Uh Yeah, I don't I don't have a a lot of opinions on it, I guess. It's uh Well, yeah, uh, how many of you've watched the, uh, the series? I get uh probably I've no, I've seen the first one like a million times cuz that's always on TV it seems. That's the one with the mother. Yeah. Yeah. So that that one to me was actually quite interesting cuz you you really can't have uh the second one without the first one because otherwise if you didn't have the first one it it really doesn't make sense the second one um so the first one's more of like a backstory um but it starts off the whole franchise whereas i feel like if they had something like that for the halloween movie it would make probably made it a lot better because basically you just realize the kid's crazy and you have no idea why and what the hell's going on and then he just goes around killing freaking basically babysitters for god knows what reason you know what i mean yeah, so, just because he was mentally deranged. I guess he didn't need to have a reason. Yeah. I I guess maybe that was what it was, but I, 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 to me, I need more of a, a reasoning behind it, more story-based, where I feel like they did a much better job in Friday the 13th because they really made Jason seem like an actual character. Um, they, and the fact that, that knowing he's already dead. Like, well, it, it adds the, to it. In the first one, see, he didn't... It's weird, because in the first one, he doesn't actually die to the end of the second one. Um, his mother thought he died because the camp counselors uh, neglected him, but he didn't actually die. He was just basically hiding in the woods or whatever, because the people kept oh, picking... Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. See, and I don't know what I'm talking about. she went on a murderous rampage, and then he witnessed his mother die at the end of the first one. And that's when, basically, he snapped, went crazy. And then in, in the second one, basically, it starts out, it's... I keep I don't know, I should probably Google it, but they can't lace it or whatever it is. Um, so basically what happened then is, is it's an abandoned, and people, and they just start to try and open it up again. And then, basically, he's hiding out in one of the, the cabins for, like, eons and eons for, like, what, how many ever years? Because he's actually grown up at this point, and people start coming back. And he doesn't actually pick up that hockey mask, like, the mo- thing that most notifies him until, I would say, towards the end of the movie is when he actually put that on, and that's when he basically becomes Jason. And the basically the icon that we see him as today. So, yeah, to me, I thought it was a much, much better movie all around, because... To me, it gave you a much better storyline, and you you could feel a lot more for the character of Jason because you kind of know. As long as you watched them all in progression, you you at least understand what's going through his mind to a certain extent. Yeah. And 
to give you a little bit more detail in the other characters as well that he's basically going to eventually kill, except for, you know, the, the very first scene, which is he's always killing somebody. <laughs> and they're always doing it for some reason. But that's the other thing. I didn't understand, like, how, what was your take on the fact that there is, this is probably one of the first movies that really took, like, that whole sex appeal into, like, actually sex on the screen to the extent that Jason or Friday the 13th movies did. Because in pretty much, I'm pretty sure it's in every single one, there's multiple sex scenes. Yeah, it, it definitely started getting the ball rolling on, we're going to correlate bloody gore movies with boobs. It's yeah. like a trade-off. You get to get scared, but then you get to see boobs. Scared, boobs. Boobs, scared. And then you like knew I, anytime somebody got naked, they were about to die. Like, it was... Exactly. It was the key card for, like, oh, you, nope, keep your bra on. No, oh, well, boobs. <laughs> Sorry. You're, you're going to get it. How are you going to get it? How Sorry you for your luck. <laughs> and it always seems to be, it, at least in the first part, it's always somebody in a tent. <laughs> always tents. But it, it's quite interesting, because at least then you understand why. Because, I mean, it's not a campground, so obviously they're going to be intense and stuff like that. So it's it's just, I think it's much, much better put together than all the others. Yeah, I could see that. What the hell is going on? He's he's trying to get uh, Carolyn, Caroline, Caroline, her, she, over here. Uh, he's trying to backdoor the system, too. So we are having technical difficulties. Major technical difficulties. So, uh, it kind of sucks because I guess we could go into. I don't know. I don't know what we can go into at this point. I, um, do you have a high point, low point rating? Because that's a thing that happens. Yeah, I mean, I, for me. For my high point, I, I just love the whole storyline aspect of it. Like, I've been harping on this entire time. Whereas, it actually makes you feel more for the characters. Because, basically, if you watch them in, in sequence, you actually understand what's going on. Now, granted, I am X-naying a lot of the later ones because they get freaking crazy. Yeah, they just Jason. get carried away with Jason yeah. being places killing people. So base, Yeah, which, I mean, I didn't mind because, basically, they're just taking an iconic character and, and basically just selling that character, per se. Yeah. Not as much as the storyline behind it. At least the original, I think it's the original six or so, are pretty much all based around the story. Um, so I actually enjoyed those the most. And then once they started getting crazy, I mean, don't get me wrong, I, I enjoyed them, but they were just getting kind of really out there. Like, I, I can't believe Dace even said he liked the one in space, because that one to me made no effing sense whatsoever. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah, that that to me is my bar for my highest point. Uh, as for the low point, I would actually say that, um, to be honest, I thought it was kind of overdone with the whole sex scenes and stuff like that. Um, I really felt like they were almost, like, forcing it into each one. Because uh-huh. uh, it's literally multiple times in every single one, which I found kind of really forced in. Not necessarily something that needed to be there, but they just felt like it had to be there. Uh, I guess just because the originals did it, so they just kind of kept compounding on it, and it's like, you know, at that point, it's like every person that died, I had to have a sex scene. So that would be my biggest issue with the franchise. Um, And then for the actual numbering, I I would 
definitely have to give this a solid nine uh, in total, by far. Um, so yeah. How about you? Am uh, I back? You're back. Everybody's back. Yay! Okay. Hooray! Okay. Uh, that was painful. Sorry, I am very slow with computers, guys. Sorry, I apologize. Oh, you, I have one that could rival your slowness. <laughs> Mine is pathetic. All right. Uh, we were just going so over guys our, talking our, about? High, our high high point, low point, and rating of uh, Friday the 13th, or whatever we were talking about. Not Sesame right. Street. Yeah, we, we, kinda went through, we already went through everything, and we're at the end. <laughs> because there's only two of us here, so it went by pretty quick. Uh, Fair enough. Um. <laughs> but I guess we could start with uh, we could go back to I guess your guys. Uh, yeah, you guys can talk for a while. Well, I have no opinions. I'm a moderator. I seem to be doing that very well. <laughs> yeah, you are not doing very well. Franchises. Uh, you're the kind of host that throws a party and then goes to bed and let everybody else <laughs> hang out. No, what you did there. What you did there. <laughs> so we'll, we'll talk to Carol. Your favorite and you talk. Um, when it comes to the franchise, I don't know who about it. But what do you feel as when it comes to all sequels? <laughs> no Hello? idea what's going on right now. Oh uh, my god! My back. Ish. Ish. I think we got to just, just type you the question. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so this is uh, a technical problem. Is this just an interview with Brian? Hello? Hello? Can you hear Hi. me? Hi. Hi. You, you, oh. you sound beautiful. Okay, good, because I was like hearing like, a, a bunch of uh, interference, and I wasn't sure if I was like dropped or not. Uh, so you want me to answer that question, like high points, or are we moving on to another movie? You can do with the high points, low points, and the ten. Cool. Um, I love the movie. I think that is a very fun horror movie. It's, I, I mean, the death scenes are cool, uh, especially when the cop is in the bed and they get impaled together. That was pretty cool. I think Jason is... A very awesome villain. The fact that he has a machete, I think it's pretty badass. And the low point, um, hmm, <laughs> you're gonna kill me for this, but maybe Jason Space was the lowest point of. <gasps> oh no! Shocking! Oh my god! Um, just because I don't know. I think of Jason. I think and Crystal Lake. So. To me, that didn't forcing it a little bit, and I'll rate this movie as a solid eight because it deserves it. Okay, Frank, did you uh, did you rank it? No, I didn't yet. Okay, I was about well, I guess to, we can you hear your opinion. Up. Go ahead. You don't have to hear my opinion. My <laughs> high I, point I is my high point is a lot more boobs. <laughs> it's, uh, it's I find it hilarious that's your high point and that was my low point. Yeah. Just Wait, I what? Hold on. I missed that? Yeah, His low point was there was too much sex. Exactly. Oh. 
he thought it just didn't make sense why there are so many people boning all the time. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I, it was okay in the beginning, but then I, I feel like the later the franchise got on, it was just almost like it was forced in because it was in all the other ones, therefore they had to keep it going. More so than needing to actually be in there. I just think it's a reward system for, hey, we're going to scare you, but here's some boobs. So it's just that, ah, ooh, ah, ooh moment. Okay. The only man that lives in Iowa, leave me alone. Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, 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 the low point is, I, I really don't have much of a low point, really. I mean, it, yeah, no low point. Oh, wow. So, so what would you rank it on 1 to 10? Well, it can't have a 10 because that's just rude. So how about 9? <laughs> Even. Very nice. Even. So there we, we go. We will now be leaving Crystal Lake and heading to a famous street. Sesame Street, where yes! Where a pedophile <laughs> did his I like business. So if you're listening to this live, <laughs> hopefully I stay with you for most of it. Uh, if you're listening to it on YouTube, you're probably hearing it, 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 it a lot, and I apologize. Uh, hang in there. Click on to the next video, and we're going to talk about A Nightmare on Elm Street. So those of you who are sticking through all this uh, pixelated conversation that I'm giving you, Nightmare on Elm Street is a 1984 American supernatural slasher horror film written and directed by Wes Craven. And the first film of the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. It stars Heather Lagenkamp, John Saxon, Renee Blakely, Amanda Weiss, Sue Garcia, the infamous Robert England, and a very, very young Johnny Depp in this featured film. It was his debut, too. So, set in the fictional... Huh? What what is uh, Johnny Depp playing it? He's the waterfall of blood. Yeah. The most uh, iconic scene. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I didn't realize that was him. How did you not realize it was... Oh, he didn't have any pirate gear on. I get it. Dog (laughs) Gibby. Thank you. Idiot. Thank you. Uh, another film I wished would take place in New Jersey, but it does not. Set in the fictional Midwestern town of Springwood, Ohio. The plot revolves around Midwest, several teenagers. The Midwest is a scary place to live. You have to be tough to live here. That's right. Well, well, I, I, get, lost, I believe Ohio is. What? Yeah, it's Ohio. scary. What? It's so? Ohio. So? <laughs> it's near a lake. So? It's scary. There's nothing, nothing to do with your barren be land. Be afraid and die. Off. Be afraid and die. That's it. Serial mm-hmm. killers out there would freeze. Yeah, they don't show that. Anyway, the plot revolves like, around several teenagers who are stalked and killed in their dreams, and thus killed in reality, by Freddy Krueger. The teenagers are unaware of the cause of this strange phenomenon, but their parents hold a dark secret from long ago. Craven produced a Nightmare on Elm Street on an estimated budget of $1.8 million, and a sum of the film earned back during its first week. In this commercial success, the film went on to gross over $25 million in the U.S. box office. A Nightmare on Elm Street was met with rave critical reviews and went on to make a very significant impact on the horror genre, spawning a franchise consisting of line of sequels, a television series, and a crossover with Friday the 13th, beyond various other works of imitation. A remake of the same was released in 2010 and was told it was horrible. So, initial thoughts on the film. Carolyn, we'll start with you on this one. Night on Elm Street, what were your initial thoughts? I think I'll tell them that 
definitely my favorite. Um, Freddy was, I think it still is, one of the scariest villains out there. I mean, something that attacks you in your sleep, where you probably feel the safest. I mean, has nightmares, and you know, always wake up from them and realize, oh, I'm safe. It was just a dream. But if not, what if whatever happens in the dream realm happens in real life? And that's pretty cool. And I also want to say that in the very first movie, Freddy was not considered a pedophile. He just killed with children, and then the pedophile thing happened on the remake. Uh, not that it matters. He's still a really bad guy, but it was awesome, awesome. Yeah, I, I love it. I have a Freddy Cougar doll in my room. I love him. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I thought he was a pedophile the entire Gibby. time. No, wait, he, he's a well, pervert in the first no. one. He 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 kills kids. He was misunderstood. Went, yeah, I thought he was. Uh, he, he not was, no. He, uh, he was crazy. He was misunderstood. <laughs> no, not in the first one. He was just oh. a killer. Which is still pretty bad, but yeah. Hmm. Gibby, what was your first impression on this film? Since it's by far your favorite, as you keep saying it. Mm-hmm. I personally love Freddy Krueger. I love him. All I can say is, one, two, Freddy's coming for you. Three, four, better lock your door. Five, six, better get crucifixed. I think that is like one of the best songs ever. There's um, something really creepy about little girls chanting things. I know it. It is true. There, it's in a couple of them. Um, but I, I personally love this genre. Um, I like the first uh, four. I didn't like the fifth one that much. Um, but this is another one that I thought had a. Well, according to her, my backstory's wrong, but had a pretty good backstory because I thought it was always that he was a, a child killer, but he also uh, basically molested them before he basically killed him with that uh, hand-glove-knife thingy. And then the parents of, uh, basically, Elm Street, who they were, basically, he was molesting and things like that, um, chased him down into an old industrial factory, threw him into a furnace, and burned him to death. And that's why, how he got his, basically, his complexion of melted skin. And the reasoning behind it was him haunting the kids where the fact that they were the kids uh, of the parents that basically burnt him. Trying to get back at the parents. But I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Or I could be wrong. I just had the impression no, I... he was just a killer. I don't know. He's still awesome. I mean, great villain. Not awesome as in let's kill children. No, like that. Just cool villain. Yeah. So, I mean, I actually really enjoyed it. Um... I like the original ones better uh, than the older ones. Uh, I did like the uh, the reboot. We can we could bring back in Jason here when uh, <laughs> they had a uh, Friday uh, Freddy vs Jason. I thought that was really cool uh, when they brought those two iconic characters together. Uh, they did it twice, didn't they? Um, so that was actually kind of neat. Just once, yeah. You probably watched uh, it twice. I watch it multiple times. Don't worry about that. <laughs> uh, so I actually really enjoyed this one. Um, probably one of my favorite scary movies. 
if, what was your first impression of Iron Street? Talking to me? No. <laughs> Tick tock. I thought you were gonna keep going. Um I think I think the We interrupt you opinion, on Wednesday night. <laughs> I'm still used to it, alright? Uh I th- I agree with everybody about it just about Freddy being fantastically awesome as far as a killer goes. Because it was already said again, but I'll say it again. Uh being able to fall asleep or being afraid to fall asleep because you're going to die there is got to be one of the worst things ever. Because everybody wants to go to sleep, take a nap, nice cozy in your bed, and then next thing you know, you're getting sliced the fuck up. <laughs> it's just a, it's a rude way to wake up. Yep. Or not wake up. No, nah, you, you still yeah. wake up at some point, I'm assuming. Screaming, bloodied, hanging from the ceiling, not sure what's going on. That's right. Um, well, I think... Are you are you placing again, or do you want to keep going? Well, no, I was I was doing some research when you jumped on over to me, so I'm reading and trying to talk at the same time. He was I don't think he molested any kids. He murdered twenty children, but due to technicality, he was released. See? And then they burnt his house to the ground and killed him. Okay. The parents of the murdered kids. Did. I didn't think it was his. It was it was his house. I thought they chased them to like some uh. It doesn't actually. Thing. It doesn't say house. I just wanted to throw that in. It just. It just said they burned him alive. Yeah, yeah they did. They, it, I thought they threw him in a furnace and like some industrial thing, and then they just burned him there and just left his corpse. I thought it was his house because that's why he's on Elm Street. Because his house was on Elm Street. Well, that's where all the kids he was. I just made all things up. The same, I don't. Uh, they all went to the same. I guess. No. No. School? no. Oh my god! All right. Fine. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. All right. You can move on now. I'm done. Okay, so when it comes to our icons that we've talked among two of them has been the type they don't talk. Freddy was one of the first ones where he really taunted the hell out of his victims. And for me personally, it's why I like him the most. Uh, Gibby, we'll start with you because you're kind of a prick. When it comes to <laughs> taunting his victims, do you feel that it helped his character or no? Uh, I think that pretty much defined his character, um, and it, it, like I like I was saying in that song, like the the people actually saw those kids inside their dreams, so it wasn't even just him doing it. Like even the surrounding atmosphere and the creations in it were even taunting basically the uh, the soon to be victims of Freddy's cruel rage. So I actually really enjoyed that because they actually definitely played a lot more with the atmosphere inside the dreams um, to actually promote basically who he was. And I I really, really enjoyed that. Frank, what were your thoughts on him and his uh, foul mouth slash taunting of victims. It really did spawn a new thing, and we'll see it again in our next film we review. So what are your thoughts on the taunt? Well, it it does, it makes him just way more creepy and badass knowing that he's just going to mess with you and there's nothing you can do about it. Yet, it's just one of those things, I guess. It's one thing to be creepy when you're not saying anything and just following him, like in the previous ones. 
But then there's another side to it. Like, yeah, he's just pretty much letting you know, yeah, I'm going to kill you. So how about you deal with that? And you can just cry, but you can't cry yourself to sleep because you're going to die there. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Carol, man. what were your thoughts on uh, Freddy's mouth? <laughs> uh, <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, it worked for him. Um, Jason and and Mike, Michael Myers, and maybe that's why Michael Myers didn't really work for me. They're kind of like acting on, especially Jason. He's acting on anything. He's like muscle. He's not making traps for the kids. He's not, let's just say that he's not really brain, like, he's not, mm, not brain dead. It's horrible. He's not really smart. He's just doing his thing. Freddy, he is a very smart killer slash villain. And part of his intelligence is the way that he taunts the kids. It's by vocalizing it all. So, and it just works because you have the visual part where you see in his dream. He takes shape of different characters. And I think that's also really important. You wouldn't feel right if he was completely silent as Freddy, but if he was um, inside someone else's dream, the shape of someone's mom or friend he will be talking so it just works for him he needs to be vocal and he needs to talk a lot and he has the best voice he's awesome he's awesome I love him <laughs> uh, to give mm. some, uh, the next question we're going to jump in and we jumped on it with pretty much all these we're going to touch base on is the fact that these are franchise players and that's why we're, we're reviewing them tonight uh, The Nightmare on Elm Street went on to have six sequels Almost after year, taking a break in '86, but '85 saw Freddy Two or saw Elm, Elm Street Two, '87 saw Three, '88 saw Four, '85 saw or '89 saw Five. Um, it ran six sequels, did a crossover with Jason, and then a reboot in 2010, which I still think sucks because Michael Bay had his hand in it. Uh, it was really bad. Um, Frank, we'll start with you on this one because I don't like okay. picking on you. Yay. The franchise. Purple. To me, he's the king of franchise players. He's, he is the LeBron of horror. <laughs> or, well, Michael Jordan. I don't know anything about LeBron. LeBron. Don't he's the Michael sports. Jordan. <laughs> you don't know sports. I don't. I'm sorry. I'm going into dangerous territory. References. Here. So, uh, he's the Tom Mario. Brady. Mario? Mario. There you go. He's the Mario of video. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> what do you think about the franchise? <laughs> Um, uh, yeah. <clears throat> yes. <laughs> All right, Gibby. <laughs> it's, right. it's a great franchise, and it didn't, it kept true to itself. It didn't, uh, at least from my knowledge, it didn't go and send Freddy to Mars or something weird. <laughs> That'd be crazy. Uh, hey, they, they, what? That was a jab at me. What? No. I wouldn't. <laughs> Not here. Um, but it, it kept, it stayed very good to its original premise, I think, and then someone will probably say something that proves this opinion wrong. So I just, I, yeah, I, I just like it. You can watch any movie and not really miss out on the last one, but at the same time know what's going on. Does that make sense? I'm just saying words. <laughs> you are saying words. I noticed that. Yep. It, it'll make sense to someone. I uh, hope so. Also, Netflix only has 
Netflix only has Nightmare on Elm Street 2. I'm a little upset. I just really? wanted to say it. it yeah, it, it's terrible. It is Halloween season, Netflix. Get your shit together. That, that does seem kind of odd. Uh, can I, I really did like the mashup on the franchise. I'm done. <laughs> uh, my turn? Yeah, yes. it's your turn. Oh. <laughs> uh, awesome. I mean, I agree. He's the Mario of video games. Uh, all that. He is a really cool character. Um, has an awesome weapon. Um he just looks pretty scary, and and I also think it really works the fact that he's not big and muscular and just like a big monster. He he's kind of scrawny looking, and he kind of he's like a rat of nightmares. He's just there, and he's sneaky, and he comes if they're taking naps. Um, I hated the remake; it was horrible. I hated that they had to do the digital makeup on the actor that. Sucked. Uh, the thing that Freddy's a pedophile. I hate that too. It was just a really bad movie. Uh, so that one to me does not exist. Uh, the other ones are pretty cool, except for maybe the one, and I forget, I was trying to remember. I think it's maybe the third one where the girl's pregnant and she keeps having like nightmares when she's awake and she realizes that actually her fetus is the one sleeping and dreaming with Freddy. I was like, oh, okay, that's kind of pushing it. But it's it's a franchise. They're going to have some downfalls. Still, I think it's the most successful one. And I kind of just pray that we don't have more remakes on that one for our sake. It's awesome. I I give it like a (laughs) 9.7. I also agree that Robert Englund is the defining part of this. Uh, Gibby... What was your thoughts on the franchise? Uh, I actually really enjoyed the franchise. Uh, I thought it was getting kind of a little crazy towards the end, but it was still uh, True. still watchable. Um, but uh, I, I actually really enjoyed how they, they kind of kept the entire idea of Freddy alive the entire time and how they basically always somehow had it linked back to basically how he died. Because um, basically there, there's like a premise of why he's doing what he's doing to everybody. Okay. Um, and of course he started out with kids and it just, you know, makes sense that it, it's still kids that he's still going after. But now he's got a much more reason behind it. Um, but then in the later ones, like especially like Friday, uh, Freddy vs. Jason and stuff, like there was literally no premise behind it. It was just, let's put them together and see what happens. <laughs> So, um, I I very much enjoyed it. Um, I wouldn't mind it if they did a good reboot of it, but what they did before was not a good reboot of it. Um, it was kind of, I I think they over-tried was the problem, and I I think they just need to basically tone it back some. I kind of want to hit a point on that. I'm glad you're bringing that up when it comes to the remake. Comes to reaching a little bit too far. Uh, there's two points that I want to bring up about the remake. One, uh, yeah, not you, Frank Gibby. Gibby had a good what? point. We got to give him one. No, he, no, he didn't. When does Gibby ever bring up a good point? <laughs> ever. Good. Fair enough. 
Um, the Nightmare on Elm Street that was remade in 2010, there's two two key things that I think uh, made it not so successful, and I, I want your opinion on this as well. The first being uh, they went darker. Now, I know uh, when it comes to the concept of Nightmare on Elm Street, it's already a dark concept, but they went a little bit creepier rather than a jovial little prick that's running around killing you in your dreams. The second thing I think they're missing, and you can tell me to shut up or not, shut up. Robert England is Freddy Krueger. And he I, brings yeah. a certain swag to character that I don't think they were able to recreate with another person, especially the guy who was in, uh, uh, was it a comic book movie where it was Rorschach or whatever he was. Mm-hmm. He was a creepier version. So we'll go on the panel. I imagine everybody, first off, has everybody seen the remake? Or at least know about it? I don't know if I have or not. Give me a minute. I'll, I'll get to me last. Move on. I haven't, and I, I I haven't watched it on the sole fact that it wasn't Robert England. So, Gibby, I'll start with you. When it comes to this franchise, Robert England, and we usually do this for all our films, but when it comes to horror, everybody gets killed off so quickly. But Robert England was able to start as Freddy Krueger, ended as Freddy Krueger until this mm-hmm. reboot. Anybody else could they pull it off? No. <laughs> I I think it it can be possible. Um, it, it's just it, it's going to require a lot of work, um, and you need to find the right type of actor in order to actually do it. Um, the one that they had do Freddy was I I don't know if it was if he he probably could have done it. I I just feel like the director and stuff kind of took Freddy in a slightly different path. Plus, it, it seemed like the, the the reboot was more about the history, not a much about Freddy. Because um, in that one, it, they definitely dove way, way more into the lore behind him. Um, and there really wasn't as much in the way of, uh, like, sleeping deaths, or I, I would say. Um, it, it was much more of, basically, people trying to figure out what's going on uh, compared to mm-hmm. the originals where they're always fighting to stay awake, don't not wanting to basically fall asleep, and it was basically a struggle for them to uh, figure out what's going on as well as staying awake, whereas they kind of got rid of that concept um, a lot in the reboot because they really weren't struggling, per se, to stay awake. Um, it just seemed like they were more just traveling around, trying to figure out who he was, what he did, and basically go from there to try to figure out how to stop him. So I, I think they just the director kind of screwed that movie up more so than anything else. So it, it's more, uh, more or less they tried an origin story. At the what? same time, they tried an origin story of it, but at the same time, do a remake of the 84. So... Let's try to do yeah. two parallel paths in the same movie. And were they, if they went with just a prequel or they just would have went with a total reboot, it could have been a better success. It it would have been a much, much, much better success if they they basically needed to define it more, just like you said. Because the way they had it now is it's more of a little bit of everything, but nothing is defined mm-hmm. really. Um, so I found that kind of weird, um, but, I mean, I still enjoyed it, it it was just not 
to me, it wasn't really as much of a Freddy movie as it was more of like an origin story, but with tidbits of Freddy in it. Um, mm-hmm. But that's just how I took, that was my feelings behind it. And that's why I was kind of interested to see if they'll come out with another one. Um, since they already kind of went through the origin of it to see exactly how they would uh, go from there, basically. Because, um, I mean, he did set some things up pretty nice, but whether or not he f- follows up on it is a different story. So, mm-hmm. Car- Carolyn, when it comes to the Freddy Krueger character and Brian, well, I called him Brian, um, Robert England is iconic. His role is yeah. associated with him, and at least in my opinion, you can't replace a cut that. Do you feel that that's where I it went agree. wrong when it came to the reboot? That was for me. Um, <laughs> but I just think the movie, it didn't work. Uh, the whole, I think that the point where maybe they were trying to do a remake, a prequel, got mixed up. The script was bad. Like, everything about the script was bad. The dialogue was horrendous. Like, at the entire time, I didn't care for those teenagers. I couldn't care less if they died or if they lived. And that's bad. Because in a movie like Freddy Krueger, yeah, you're watching for Freddy, but you're also, you know, you want to cheer for the kids. Like, you want to um, survive or figure out a way to fit him. And that didn't happen. I just, I hate it. I really, really hated how they did the, the digital makeup. Um, I didn't get that. Like, you take one of the most iconic things about Freddy Krueger, which is his face, and change it. it they might take 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 his take his gloves away and put like in his hands. Like, it's it was just like ridiculous. Um, just not focused. It's a really bad movie. I think that they just they it was one of those things where they just wanted to out of the audiences like desperately and put like another Freddy movie that just because people know who Freddy is they don't have to worry too much about explaining things and just like try to put something together real quick and throw it out there and it was just bad and to me it's just sad because I mean he's an icon and he deserves much better than that shit fest that they had out there. Would you enjoy it a lot better though mm-hmm. if they kind of <coughs> basically either just didn't focus on the origin or just focused on the origin? Because I feel like they kind of mixed it together yeah. in that movie. And I, 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 I think that, yeah, definitely, I feel like, yeah, they, they didn't know where to focus. I think that's, like, what I'm trying to say. I agree with you on that. And I think that it's a, it's a plot fail. They kind of try to go there with the script, but it went nowhere. Um, so it kind of felt like, oh, you know, it's just a movie. Let's just like have some kids and da 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 da, and then have them killed in their or whatnot, and try to figure out who is crazy. It was like too much, and at the same time, nothing. it was just watching a really bad commercial. They needed a like script change 100 percent. Pick they want to focus on if do like how Fred came, or you know if it's gonna be a remake. Focus on and just do a better job. Not change his face. What the hell? Or at least somebody who kind of resembles Robert England. Like, ugh. Bad. Okay. I, mean, I could see that. I, it's... 
I don't know. I mean, they updated his look, I will admit that. But I didn't think it was that bad of an update. Um, I mean, I could see what you're saying, because you're seeing more of the iconic thing. But they kind of made it look more like he was in a fire, whereas the old one almost looked like he was just wearing a mask. I don't know. I think Mm. it's pretty good. (laughs) Yeah. Frank, what was your opinion on the reboot versus the original? And was Robert England really a huge factor in as to why it didn't do so well? Well, Chris, you see, I don't I don't think I saw the reboot. But I will say this much though. Just looking over some of the stuff. One, it wasn't written by Wes Craven. I think that probably would be its first downfall. Because mm-hmm. you had some other I think his name was still Wes, but you had some other idiot Wes right there, like he knew what knows what he was talking about. So that was that was the first problem, I guarantee it. Uh secondly, it's Wrong really way. hard to replace it. it's it's really hard to replace your main character even if it is movies, especially when you've had 85 of them, or plus a TV series, like, uh, seven. Anyway, so it's hard to replace him because he is so iconic. But I think he can be replaced, but it takes a little more effort than probably that other idiot West guy going, you, what's your name? All right, you can have it. That that doesn't work. <laughs> but I think it, he could be replaced with the right creepy guy. Like, maybe find a real child murderer from a penitentiary somewhere. I bet they could play creepy oh, great. God. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Just an okay. idea. Just an idea. Wait, did you say me? I broke up. <laughs> what? Yes. Did you did say you. me? What? Yes. Yeah. You yeah, definitely you, you made it. Perfect. You're lucky I have a bad internet connection. <laughs> so, yeah. Break your opinion's that, over. What? <laughs> I'm done. Can I finish? Let me finish. Give Can me. I finish? Get, nope, no, okay, you can't finish. finish. I'm not your buddy, friend. <laughs> I'm not your friend, pal. <laughs> Get out of oh, here, boy. Oh, that's okay, pal. I'm not your buddy. What? <laughs> uh, <laughs> since Frank is done, we're going to go around the panel real quick in our final high spot, low spot of Nightmare on Elm Street and rank it 1 to 10. Gibby, we'll start with you. Um, High spot. Uh, I feel like they really did a good job at developing a character in Freddy. Um... I really like the atmosphere when they go into the dreams, dream world or dream state or whatever you want to call it. Because basically I feel like that added such a good atmosphere to it. Like the music and the sound effects that they actually chose uh, really heightened your basically sense of like urgency. And um, I think they probably are one of the best to actually use uh, sound to their advantage in a in a scary movie basically. And... I really enjoyed that. Uh, worst thing about it is, is I feel like it's kind of fallen away, like all the other major horror genres, that they're just trying to uh, make another one just for the cash, and mm-hmm. really just neglecting really what was truly at heart when the thing was made up. You know what I mean? So well, that that would first- be my biggest issue. And I, I would say point this out. You, yes, you've just maybe five times. It's driving me crazy. You keep using I, the word genre and you mean franchise. Well, it is a genre. It's a, it's a horror no, movie. No, genre, genre is horror. Oh, genre franchise is predatory. Oh, whatever. You guys picky. <laughs> <laughs> it's right, driving I'm me nuts. <laughs> All right. Well, good. I like driving you nuts. 
a-hole. But go on with your point. I'm sorry. <laughs> so I was saying at 9.5, and that's it. Not, that's nice. all I got. Uh, Frank, what is your low high point, and what would you get rank Nightmare on Elm Street? I get to talk again. <laughs> Make it good. Uh, sure, I Here will. High, high point. All of it. Just every <laughs> bit of it. All no, for real, for real though, just the writing of it, the the storyline, the acting, the way they made Freddy a likable, crazy freak of a guy is just kudos to them. Uh, low point, judging by you guys talking, would have been that remake that I didn't waste my life watching. There you and go. And as far as the rating, I give it 15 and a half <laughs> cookies. Kind of like the thumb thing, only with 15 cookies. 15 and a half cookies, I like that rating. Yeah. Technical. Okay. Interesting rating system you got there, Frank. <laughs> it works. Carolyn, uh, low point, high point, and a scale of one to ten. Low Limit. point remake, sure. Um, Nailed high it. point, yeah. Um, high point character development on Freddy. Um, I mean, I think like there was no way to. I said, it's in your dream. Like, how can you forget that we all need to sleep? So how do you beat this villain? I, I truly think that for a whole movie to be really successful, you need a very difficult villain to beat. That person needs to be almost unbreakable, invincible, impossible for you to beat. And Freddy pretty close to it. He is already dead, really, and he lives in your subconscious in your dreams you know your fears like that's terrible that's very very scary so that to me is just like perfection and i'll give it like 9.7 just because i feel like giving a 10 mm, there's no such thing i think but yeah awesome awesome movie so we have gone from murderous brothers to hockey players with machetes and a guy who stalks you in your dreams and touches children. Now we move on to a movie called Child Play. I don't remember talking about Gibby. Oh, wrong. <laughs> if you're listening live, we will be going into Child's Play next. If you're listening on YouTube, make sure you click the little link thing and go on to the next video that Tony set up. He spends a lot of time on these graphics that he puts on the videos, and they're awesome because if I did it, it'd be done in paint. So, for those of you that have stuck with us, we're now going to be talking about Play, which is a 1980 American horror film directed by Tom Holland and written by Don Mancini and Jim LaFia. And Holland. Odd. Uh, oh, Tom Holland. Uh, okay. I thought maybe the country Holland. Uh, it stars Catherine Hicks, Chris Sarandon, and Brandon. Side note, and fact for your fans, Durf was the sheriff in the Bob Zombie remake of Halloween. The official taglines of the film are You'll Wish It Was Only Make Believe and Something's Moved in the Clay Family and So Has Terror. The film was first released on November 9th, 1988, missing Halloween by that much, and was met with moderate success. It is a cult following among fans of horror genre. The film is the first in the Child's Play film series and is the first movie to feature the killer doll, Chucky. It was the only film in the series released by MGM slash UA 
that the rights to the series were sold to Universal Studios in 1990, right before the production of Child's Play 2 started. Going around the panel, I'm going to start with you, Carolyn. What was your initial thoughts on Child's Play? Awesome movie. Uh, I mean, I grew up with dolls. And, uh, uh, yeah. I, I, it's like, and I have, and I told uh, Tony, but like, Grandma, she she makes up stories, and she would tell me and my cousins, and my cousin had this life-size Barbie, that someone should you had that life-size Barbie, and the Barbie was possessed, and the girl would wake up every day with crashes everywhere, and they would find blood under the Barbie's fingernails. So when I saw a child's play, I was like, whoa, okay, Grandma maybe had a point. Like, this is, this is scary, but really awesome. Um Chucky to me is a great balance of very fun villain and very villain. I mean, it looks crazy. I mean, the fact that um, cast actor that like the doll where they all to look kind of like weird face, red hair, um, and it was just fun. A kid in it, a little kid does a job in the movie too, which is maybe it can make or break. When a little kid is main characters, I like a lot. Um, the franchise it became more and more comedic, which it's not a bad thing, but I kind of like the first original one best because it's still kind of scary. For sure, maybe. What was your initial thoughts on Child Play? Uh, I thought it was actually kind of interesting. Uh, <laughs> uh, I thought it was kind of interesting how they uh, incorporated a doll as a killer, and basically that his soul got like hexed into it or whatever. Um, I actually thought meant to do it. I believe. Oh, I forget. I I don't remember, but whatever. But I I thought it was kind of interesting how that, and then it basically made dolls like scary and things like that, and then. I actually enjoyed the uh the sequels better than the original. Uh I actually liked uh the comedic aspects, so I thought it actually made it more uh the horror kind of like basically broke up the horror somewhat in between each scene. Sort of like how, you know, Friday thirteenth always had them crazy sex scenes, so it was like up and down more. <laughs> so it kind of I thought it felt <coughs> a little bit easier per se than the first one where it was much more like uh, suspenseful, but uh, as a whole, I actually really liked it. Very cool, Frank. What was your thought on Child's Play the movie? Uh, I don't recommend the porno. That's for sure. Uh, <laughs> my first thought: <laughs> You're a terrible person. <laughs> um, but no, uh, having a creepy doll that kills people is just a great idea. For a horror series, um, that is, yeah, yeah, and just straight up, because especially everybody had probably your favorite toy or something. Granted, the, that he was, you know, like two foot tall helps. It would have been great if it was an actual Barbie, <laughs> like same size and everything. Yeah, like maybe it was Ken was the one that he possessed, and uh, his wife was Barbie. <laughs> that would be great. Goes for this evil curse, ends up in a G.I. Joe doll. Like, what are you going to do there? 
Uh, that would be better right there, G.I. Joe. Uh, um, but it, it, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I liked the first couple. I think, what, Child's Play 2 and 3. 1, 2, and 3 were pretty good. The Bride of Chucky and The Seed were almost just... <laughs> they wanted to get more movies out and make money. Uh, yeah. But I, I know we're not talking about those. So overall, of the first movie, I enjoyed it. And it, it had a good story to it of this... Serial killer trying to get away from the cops, so, hey, I'm going to hide on this doll. Oh, shit, I want to kill people again. I'm going to go do that. Crap, I don't want to be a doll forever, so I'm going to put my soul into this kid. Which doesn't really pan out. But it just, it had a good story. I I enjoyed it. Not enough boobs, though, since we got onto that topic (laughs) somewhere. Oh, man. Sure. Yeah, definitely a boob rating. I think Uh, there's a website for that. I was going to say, there must be a website for that. I think there is. (laughs) <laughs> to the Google. To the Google. We've lost Google Frank. Thanks for joining us tonight, to. Frank. What? <laughs> What'd you say? You you Google it so we don't have to. No, what did they say? Thanks for showing us. I said, up. well, we've lost Frank to Google, so uh, have a good night. Thank you for joining <laughs> us. Oh, yeah, the words, that, the first time you said it, the only words that came out were Frank and night. Okay. <laughs> Sounds about anyway, right. C- continue on. I rhymed. I rhymed. Uh, With Child's Play, uh, it spawned a little bit of controversy when it was first released. And the controversy that was sparked was, during the initial release, a large crowd of protests formed at the main entrance of MGM calling for a ban of the film because they claimed it would incite violence in children. Local news reporters (laughs) from two TV stations were broadcasting live from the scene, and the producer, David Kirshner, was watching the demonstration on TV and was disturbed. Jeffrey Hilton, working... In Kirshner's office at MGM, indicated that he could quell the disturbance in 10 minutes. While Kirshner was watching the, from safety of his office, Hilton spoke to the group's leaders and shook his hand. The group instantly dispersed, much to the chagrin of the newscasters. Hilton did not reveal to Kirshner whether it had been a threat or a simple diplomacy that saved the day. Uh, but Hilton's diplomacy notwithstanding, the film's franchise was plagued with accusations of inciting violence in children. Child's Play 3 was cited with the inspiration for two murders, which took place in the U.K. in 1992 and February 1993, respectively. The murder of Susan Caper and the murder of James Bulger. In the Susan Caper case, a 16-year-old catchphrase, I'm Chucky, want to play. Tom Allen, in response to both murders, defended the film, stating the viewer could only be influenced by the content if they were unbanned to begin with. Gabby, we'll start with you, because I think you're the most on the panel. you believe that violent horror movies, such as Child's Play, has a huge impact on children? Um, <clears throat> to be honest, I mean, you could almost argue the fact then that, uh, the what's called, the little doll in, um, oh, Jesus Christ, uh, Saul. Annabelle? Oh. In Saul, you could almost say then that incites violence in children. Because it's a doll, and I mean that one's even worse in my opinion than Chucky, because um, they're basically brutally murdering people in that compared to Chucky, which is, uh, in my opinion, is a little bit more toned down compared to Saw. I mean, Saw literally shows like some crazy shit in that movie. Um, so I I think, I mean, it's the same concept even when you come into video games, just violent video games incite violence in kids. And I would happen to agree that it, I, I would say it won't unless 
you have an imbalanced child already. I, I don't see mm-hmm. a normal kid going crazy like that unless he was already basically in, fucked up in the brain. You know what I mean? It's the same concept with like all the uh, school shootings and stuff like that, and they always try asserting it to some reason other than the fact that the kid needed help, and no yeah. one can, and basically no one helped the kid, because that that's the hmm. main issue at hand. It, like I don't see violent video games and or movies uh, causing that at all. But I mean, hmm. I can see why some people would uh, think that. But I, I just disagree. Frank, what was your thoughts on uh, this horror movie inspiring people to kill people? Uh, well, for one, why are you letting your kid watch it if you're that worried about it? That's a great question. Awesome parents. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, I let my uh, five-year-old watch this movie that's R-rated and is about murdering people, and now he stabbed the cat. Your movie sucks. No. <laughs> No, you failed, lady. Um, so yeah, that's basically the big point. Like, I I guess I don't. Maybe it's because I don't have kids, so I don't want to blame everybody else. But uh, also, MrSkin dot com for the movie boob thing. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh, it had to get. It had to come in. That had to come in. Sorry. Go I, ahead. Yeah. Phrasing. <laughs> had to come in. Come on, Gibby. Hey, hey, you had to come in though. That that oh, is all. This is this is <laughs> digressing badly. Carolyn, what's your opinion That's on what you get for bringing uh, up there. horror films murdering? Yeah, what did you expect, people? <laughs> True. Um, That's why you're on Wednesdays? <laughs> and only Wednesdays. It, it's not. It's very rare they let me out of the closet, man. <laughs> did did, did what? just come out? Crazy again. Yeah, right? Congratulations, Gibby. We knew it. Who are you guys doing? Go ahead. Just because you're gay, your voice doesn't have to go up an octave. It does. It does, in my opinion. Okay. Carolyn, what was your opinion on murderers being bred from stupid murdering movies? Um, yeah, I agree with you guys. I think that it's so much easier to blame a movie video game uh, actually take the problem, which is people don't talk about mental health enough, especially with, with kids. You know, if you see your child drawing dogs with blood gushing over their necks or already like little animals, things like that, you don't think the face, and then you go ahead and, oh, you, they watched uh, Child's Play, oh, it's Chucky. They're, they're obsessed with Chucky or Slenderman, which is which was one of the new ones. And they're doing stupid. No, it, people understand that behavior is a mixture of disposition and environment. Uh, it cannot be just one of them. So yes, that's my to horror movies. But just because of horror movies, he's not going to go out and do harmful things and unless that child already has sort of predisposition of such things or that child is not um, maybe mentally healthy. So people are just for dumb shit to 
solving their problems. And for a movie with a doll, and yeah, that's like an easy target. It's an easy out. That's what it is. Yeah, it really is. Um, when it comes to the franchise, obviously uh, one through three torments the kid Andy Barclay, and then Bride of Chucky, Seed of Chucky, kind of goes on its own little thing, and Curse of Chucky really brings it almost full circle. Um, do you feel that this is a successful franchise, Frank? Yeah, kind of. But again, the later ones just started to get dumb. Like, they started to rely, especially in Seed of Chucky, they relied way too much on the comedic aspect than they actually did of making a horror movie. Like, that was actually a comedy with a little bit of blood. So I I feel like they kind of lost their way, Mm -hmm. and... Yeah. But... uh, my two cents. In retrospect, the new movie that was just released this year, which I still want to see so bad and haven't picked yeah. up yet because I'm an idiot, uh, actually released last year. The Curse of Chucky kind of went, all right, well, we went a little too goofy. Let's bring it back, and let's go after Andy again. Well, then, so hooray. Hoping, Sounds good. Five stars. Yeah, I'm hoping that they did it. Uh, <laughs> Gibby, what is your thought on the franchise? Um, For the franchise as a whole... Um, I mean, it is going downhill, but I feel like that's with any franchise in horror aspects. Uh, like, name one that actually was capable of keeping that quality alive for that long. I mean, that, that oh. that's the main problem. <sighs> all right, you got me on that. All right, that's probably... But see, they did all those... They did all those in rapid succession. Um, now, if they come out with a saw, like, five years from now... Is it going to be at the same quality? Do you understand what I'm saying? Because they use the same actors and everything. Whereas in all of these, especially like the Freddies, they had a. I mean, I can't even tell you how many different Jasons there were. I mean, I highly doubt it was the same one for every single one because of just how many times. I mean, that that thing's going on for what? Close to 30 years now? 40 years? There's about seven of them, and when they're in the room together, they all think they're the best Jason. Yeah, so I mean that that's you're gonna have issues. I mean, like you were saying with um, Freddy. I mean, after a point, it, it it actually becomes such an iconic classic that if they make more of them, they're they're not gonna be able to use the same people anymore. And mm-hmm. I, I feel like Saw benefited with the fact that they just completely pushed all those out so fast. Mm-hmm. Um. So, I mean, the original five Freddies were that way. Um, well, they weren't really that pushed out that quick, but there's all the same, basically, the same guy played Freddy in every single one. So you had a lot more, there's a lot more balance in that aspect. Um, so, I, I don't know. I, I, I think as a whole, Child's Play, in general, did okay. Um, I mean, I do agree, it kind of went more comic uh, with it, but I still enjoy them. Uh, I guess I'm weird for that though. So <laughs> weirdo. No, I do. Yeah. Saturday after Saturday night, me and Frank sat through all of them, except uh, for the first one for some reason. <laughs> uh, Carolyn, what is your thoughts on the franchise as a whole? Uh, well, I still prefer the first one, and think that just because it's her and the last one, uh, I. 
see it though because you are right. I think they brought back a lot of elements to it, and I like that. Um, I did watch the other ones, and I already knew they were going to be good. I forget. I think it was the key. There's even a bit Britney Spears gets like killed, like something stupid like that. It's <laughs> yeah, she does. Like, yeah, right. It's feeling a lot like scary, scary movie. Uh, French. It was just like, and I'm not gonna say it didn't work because I feel like it still made me, and it just became very campy, very um, yeah, very campy, sort of like. Movie. Not even horror, just like a few deaths here and there. And even the deaths were fun too. Uh, but I guess from being this scary idea to just thinking, oh, you know, it's a cute doll. Like that is just silly. And cashing that aspect of being silly. Um, kind of work for me. Again, wish they kept the horror relevant throughout the franchise, but. It's so commercial, and people paid money to see it. I mean, I, I paid money to watch. So, <laughs> yeah, I guess it worked on okay. <laughs> So, before we end the the, uh, the podcast, like we did with the other three movies, we're going to go through, we're going to give the low points, high points of the original Child's Play, and what you would score it on a 1 to 10. We'll start with you, Frank. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, um... <laughs> High point would probably be for the first three, the consistent going after Andy and just being a creepy doll that doesn't die <laughs> properly or at all. Uh, I love how it die properly. <laughs> um, and then as a little point, as I think you've already caught the hint, the Seed of Chucky was just a terrible movie, and what's her face with the annoying voice doesn't need Jennifer double. Tilly? The, doesn't need That's the double good, dialogue. Though. She doesn't need the double dialogue. She can talk once, fine. Two times, two different. No, too much, and just way too much trying to make stupid puns and terrible. But as far as the rating goes, I think it's uh, about a turkey. About a turkey. All right. <laughs> what? <laughs> Where's that, that, that? Where's that rank on the cookie scale? Well, well you can't compare cookies to turkeys, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Jeez, two different saying? animals. Damn it, Frank. Well, okay, okay. Maybe this will clear it up. It's kind of like, <laughs> kind of like fifteen horseradishes. Okay, that makes it more <laughs> fun. Good. Our audience needed to know. Uh, Carolyn, what was your low point, high point on the movie, and a scale from one turkey to ten horseradishes? Oh, God. I'm not that bright like that. Um, <laughs> I would try. I guess the low point would be the seat of Chucky. I that one. Um, high point, first movie, really cool, using being able to carry your soul and you being to pick a body afterwards. When he becomes a doll, he knows that the first person he uh, tells his secret to, that he's actually a human spirit, that's the person who's going to, you know, he's chosen one. That's the person he's going to possess afterwards. Pretty scary. It's pretty bizarre because the little kid trusted that doll. He was a friend. Um, 
that's pretty cool. Uh, I would give maybe maybe a I don't know. I think I could do the other cookie thing because it's, I I I have more information on that great system. <laughs> Some kind of form of calculus, I think. Uh, right. High point, low point on child's play, and what would you rank at one to ten? All right, I uh, I point. I actually like the fact that they uh, went away from uh more more sort of like a soul type uh, character, not as much as like an actual like brawn type character. Whereas like uh, Jason and all of them were all more of brawn and beat the crap out of you, kill you, and then Chucky's more of a an innocent looking doll that goes on a homicidal rampage. Rampage! And, uh... <laughs> you know where that's from, right? I do. I can't find the clip. <laughs> okay. Um, Danger Zone! So, that, that's... I actually really enjoyed it. Um, I, I feel like... Like all other good horror flicks, they just the longer they keep put, bringing it and stretching it out, the more they keep fucking it up. But I feel like they're still watchable. That's how like all sequels really go. Like you, after you do it for so long, you you just lost. Yeah, need to stop. Tip saw. Pretty much. No saw. Like all right, you keep bringing that up, but whatever. <laughs> um, and then I would probably rate it at uh, <coughs> three and a half turkeys or. Fifteen wallabies. Clearly, don't know how to use the scale. <laughs> Clearly, don't know. How to no. <laughs> you, you need to put like a real line for us. You know how to read because it's it's just very. I'll try to throw together specific. a conversion chart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you should. I want graphs and charts. That's right. We need them. We're stupid. <laughs> we be stupid. Well, you be stupid. We need your help. <laughs> I know. So, well, well, I'd like to thank everybody for joining us tonight and dealing with us, especially my Canadian internet access. Uh, <laughs> I'd like to thank Brian Gibson. We'll go around the uh, panel. I don't know why I thank Brian only. Uh, we'll go over thank the panel. God. And we'll <laughs> let you plug things. I I know what two you should be plugging. Uh, me go. you go first. Ah... <coughs> uh, Check back here at Mega Powers Radio every Wednesday for the Statesman Show at eight o'clock, I believe, ish, sometime around then. <laughs> We've been doing Just seventy show up. of them. <laughs> what do you mean you don't? You believe? It's it's he's, a time. We don't. He sits on to... Skype all day. Just whenever you call, he's like, "Oh, it's a time." Yeah, <laughs> we will discuss sports, weird news, celebrities. Uh, maybe have a douchebag of the week and a high five, which we haven't had in ages. And I'll sing at some point in time. Multiple times. <laughs> probably. <laughs> because, guys, <laughs> I know what you want. <laughs> I don't know what you need. Yeah. Yeah, so you yeah, should check out the thedacemanshow.com because that's awesome, <laughs> even though that's not the show. But check it out. Actually, we're working on that. And I'm not going to get into detail yet. But also, you should check out the newest Dace Man Plays, because I'm on it. And I just wanted to say that. And actually, if, and if you want to shoot Gibby, nobody will complain. 
Just throwing that out there. Gorgeous, I think. <laughs> What's that got to do with the bullet? Uh, gorgeous. Gorgeous. <laughs> Carolyn, what do you have to plug? Kill and work again. <laughs> well, I would like everybody to check out Finn Boys and Anonymous. Um, all the articles. I don't know if we're still having the Walking Dead contest going on, but a lot of really cool news and interesting stuff. And if you like um, sculptures of really gory stuff and mythical beings, you can check out my website, uh, czoeffects.com. And I'm trying to upload more pictures soon. But there's some gory, cool stuff in there that I think we'll, people will like it. Sweet. Yep. Now or it's if time you don't want to read, you can just watch us. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, uh, so now it's my turn. Let's see how far I get into it before Gibby, Gibby interrupts me. Uh, <clears throat> follow me at the Daceman. Check out everything that's going on at fanboysnonce.com, including the Daceman show Wednesday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern, <laughs> on Tech of Powers Radio. I don't check out oldtimerwrestling.net, where yours truly will be making his return this Saturday, 2 p.m. in Williamstown, Jersey. The crazy man again. is back. Yeah, and he was going to walk without a walker. You know, <laughs> God. You're so horrible. Check out the Dace Man Show on YouTube. We've got a lot of content there. Like Frank said, he's on this edition of the Dace Man Plays. We have a parter where we're borderless with the pre sequel. It's practically wow. a movie. Technically a movie. It is. It's two and a half hours of it. It was terrible. It was bubbish. So, on behalf of myself, no boobs, Gibby, no. Carolyn, and Frank, <laughs> Thank you for joining us here tonight on Four Real Movie Club, where we talked about horror icons. And for the few, the proud, and the daystacular, that no, wait a minute—that's the wrong show. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. So uh, keep watching movies. I don't have an outro for this one. I don't have an outro for this one. Just keep watching movies. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. I'm too old for this. Good day, sir! You stay classy, San Diego. Rose? Well, we're going, we don't need Rose. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. I'm finished. That'll help you. That'll go. Hasta la vista, baby. Hey, everybody! We're all gonna get late! You're still here? It's over. Go home.